0: You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is The Lion of the Low Countries by Husky an Ursa Major and Coyotl Award-winning author of short stories. The story originally appeared in Symbol of a Nation from Fur Planet, and you can find more of her stories at huskytear.co.uk. Please enjoy The Lion of the Low Countries by Husky There you go, Mr. Belgicus. One latte and one waffle with cream and Nutella. Leo thanked the waitress and sipped his coffee, staring out across the cobbled square with its soothing splash of fountains. The morning sunlight shrank his pupils and played on the faded words that spotted his coat. He stretched out an arm, claws extended, and turned it over to feel the warmth of the unlettered inside of his wrist even in the rarefied world of heraldry, Leo Belgicus was an oddball. Back in the early days of the Renaissance, some artistic cartographer had noticed that the borders of the then Low Countries formed a shape that somewhat resembled a lion rampant, and a symbol had been born. He was proud of the fine details that mapped his skin, the rivers and villages, but they rewarded close and careful browsing. From afar, he was a mess." While other national creatures, in bold, simple shapes, were raised aloft on their country's flags, he was stuck in a book. Maybe that was why they all seemed to look down on him. He flipped his tablet open and created a new document. "'Lions International Conference Keynote Speech,' he typed, then, exhausted by this burst of creativity, took a bite of his waffle. Licking cream from his nose, he considered his next line. "'Relevance.' That was the key. He needed to fit into this modern age, but it wasn't easy. The zeitgeist rushed along like a Eurostar train. Miss, and you belly flop onto the tracks, left behind in a cloud of embarrassment. In the 90s, his PR officer had got Leo to perform a rap on national television. The memory still made his ink run cold, and even eating the PR officer had been a poor consolation. The conference used to be a highlight of his year. Now he was dreading it. Young tyros like Lev Two-Tails, the Silver Lion of Czechia, already treated him with open contempt. "'Paper Lion,' Levitt called him at the last one. "'You know, like uh, Paper Tiger, because you are maps!' <laughs> he switched to his newsfeed and browsed the headlines. Terrorism, unemployment, political extremists, refugees crowding in from places where things were far worse. The general feeling seemed to be that the whole world was unravelling— was it any wonder that nobody had time for leo as a national animal leo's purpose was to kindle his people's pride in their country by reminding them of their history once just stalking regally through the streets had been enough now he stopped passers-by for a conversation like some religious fanatic or double-glazing salesperson more and more often he either heard that history was boring and stuffy or that the past was full of dubious conquests and prejudices of which he should be ashamed "'Be strong,' he willed the people crossing the square. "'Be brave. Remember your past. "'We've come through worse than this.' "'A girl holding a teddy bear looked his way briefly. "'Nobody else spared him a glance, "'all wrapped up in their mobile phones as usual. "'Above them, the flags of the EU and Belgium waved. "'Stars and stripes. "'Huh.' "'Leo examined himself in the metal surface of the table. "'He was a lion!' A funny shaped lion, but instantly recognizable nonetheless. He was noble and fierce. He represented the proud spirit of his people. He should probably cut down on the waffles. Leo had always been on the short and chunky side, his shape dictated by the old national borders, but there was no excuse for the way his tummy bulged out at present. If anything, he should be losing weight, the way his map had changed. Wars and treaties had nicked an ear here, taken a chunk from his tail there, scarred his sides, and ripped hanks from his mane. The states and towns that labelled him were blurring as their names faded from public memory. Once they had stood out brightly, tattoos that rippled with his muscles. Now he looked like some neglected piece of public sculpture, chipped and scribbled on by bored teenagers. Across the square, a tourist pointed her camera. Leo smiled, toothily, and raised his paw in a regal wave. Not everyone recognised him these days, even his own people. Like the ancient place names on his maps, he was fading from their memory. He wasn't available on postcards or as a plastic figurine. On the merchandise front, he'd lost out to a statue of a small boy piddling. He closed the news down and logged into Lion, the Lion's International Online Network. Only the venerable lion of the United Kingdom was showing as available, which was fine with Leo. Insofar as he had friends, the British lion was his best one. He sent a private chat request. After a few seconds, a video window popped open, showing the familiar grave and golden face. Leo narrowed his eyes respectfully. You didn't mess with Leoness. Oh, hello, L.B. Looks like a nice morning over there. Filthy in London as usual. How's the keynote going? Morning, Nessie. Actually, I'm a bit worried about it. I'm having a hard time finding something to say that's relevant, you know. Like Leo, the British Lion had seen her empire dwindle over the centuries as other nations rose to power. There were certain subjects you didn't bring up with Leoness, like the loss of America and why she had a mane. Sexual dimorphism wasn't a concept with which artists in the Dark Ages were greatly familiar, and most of them painted with a vague idea that a lion was a large gold cat in a wig. But her dignity and seniority were such that nobody dared give her a hard time. Ah, "'What do you mean? Relevant? Edgy? On-trend?' Leoness had never let him forget his foray into rap. He felt his territories flush red. "'You're better than that, Leo. Pay no attention to those—those those hipster neck mains. "'Oh, you're right, though. Nobody reads my blog. I applied to sponsor a brand of chip sauce and got turned down.' He gulped and made his most damning confession. It wasn't even the leading brand. "'Oh, dear me! Tintin and Poirot still ignoring your dinner invitations, too?' The on-screen face of Lyoness smirked. "'I have faith in you, L.B. I know your speech is going to put Belgium on the map again!' Leo nodded acknowledgment of the old joke, though his tail, unseen under the table, twitched with annoyance. "'I just don't want to look silly,' he said. Oh, nonsense! Everyone's always happy to see you, map-face. Are you bringing some of those caramel biscuity things? Straw Leo supplied, sadly. Well, talk to you soon. They closed the window. There it was. To his peers, Leo Belgicus, the lion of the low countries, was nothing but a supplier of European treats. A portly, cuddly joke. And to the people of Belgium, a virtual unknown. Nobody cared about the past anymore. They just wanted the future. Music and cartoons from the USA and Japan. Yet, at the same time, they were scared and unhappy. The prevailing view, he gathered, was that while they welcomed new things into the country on their own terms, the new people who came here looking for work or safety were less welcome. They would take all the jobs or refuse jobs and take money from the state. Nobody seemed entirely clear on this point, And they would dilute the national identity but part of your identity is sitting right here. He wanted to jump up on the seat of his artsy steel cafe chair that was currently making his backside cold and sore and roar it out. But would any of them hear? Maybe it was time to head home. Work on his stupid speech in peace. Some decades ago, Leo had established himself in the Atomium, the huge metal sculpture built for the 1958 World's Fair in Brussels. Already it was hopelessly dated, but that was somehow okay because it was retro. Fashion's changed so quickly now. Times passed. A castle was good for several centuries if you hung up a new tapestry every so often. There was a tram stop somewhere around here, but to his annoyance he wasn't quite sure of the direction. He beckoned the waitress. Seven euro, please, Mr. Belgicus!' She spoke Flemish with a slight accent from someone to the east. The stipend Leo had been granted by the state predated both the franc and the liard, rendering it worthless in today's money, and his image was long out of copyright, so he didn't receive royalties. It was lucky he'd invested in gold and diamonds, which he converted whenever the rate was favourable. He drew out his wallet, then paused. "'You weren't born in Belgium, were you?' he asked, trying not to offend. "'But you recognised me. How's that?' "'Oh, you're part of the citizenship course.' She smiled. "'I've forgotten a lot of what I learned, but I remember you. Your face looks so friendly.' He was supposed to look fierce, but Leo found he didn't mind. He smiled back. Reaching in his wallet again, he picked out a mid-sized diamond. "'Thank you, but I can't accept this.' "'I won't tell your boss.' (laughs) "'It's not that. I had to study the whole history of Belgium, you know, the bad bits too. I can guess why you have diamonds.' Leo dropped his gaze. "'Do you know how to get to Labrador Road?' he asked. She frowned. "'Let's see. You need to head for... Uh, "'Can you show me on here?' He flexed a bicep so the town plan stood out. That had been a good pickup line in the past, but the waitress just shook her head. "'I don't recognise any of these places. Don't you have a Maps app?' "'A Maps app? Why would I need a Maps app?' He shrugged indignantly, displaying the towns and geographical features across his chest. "'Why are you lost?' The waitress leaned across him and tapped at the screen of his tablet. "'There!' With a series of gestures too intricate and precise for lion paws, she brought up a plan of the city and zoomed in on the red blob that marked their location. "'There! Head up that street and turn left at MacDonald's. Sir? Mr. Belgicus? Are you all right?' She waved a hand in front of his nose. The lion of the low countries stared straight ahead a new light dancing in his parchment colored eyes. Leo tapped triumphantly at a laptop key. On the screen above his head, the familiar portrait of Leo Belgicus appeared. The side view with one forepaw raised, head high, and a long, red tongue lolling out. When he zoomed in on Liege near his right elbow, a street plan appeared. A button changed the view so Leo and his audience could see a reconstruction of the town as it had been in the renaissance and a scroll bar moved the map back and forth through the centuries the team from the software company had spent weeks photographing and scanning leo from every angle he'd seen parts of himself he hadn't known existed and resolved to grow more thoroughly in future high resolution imagery was not kind to centuries old fur or whiskery chins and the border hamlets between his toes deserved to be presented in their best light "'He had helped them with the modelling of each town through the ages, too. After all, he had been there. Now he could revisit and share a past nobody else alive remembered. It was incredible, this skipping about in history.' Aware that he had spent rather too long engrossed in a graphical representation of his own bicep, Leo raised his eyes. "'Historians can use it,' he said, "'and fiction writers.' children in school too, and the new people coming in, the immigrants. They can learn about their new country. But it's fun for everyone. Give it a try when you get home. The URL flashed up on the screen. The audience of National Lions made polite noises of appreciation. Someone, uh, probably Leoness, began to clap, but when nobody else joined in, the noise faltered and stopped. They were intrigued though. Leo could tell by the tilted heads and the ears turned toward the podium. It had been fun working with the programmers and flattering to hold their attention, even if they were mostly intrigued by the challenges of rendering him in pixels, or whatever they were called. What had really excited Leo, though, was the sensation of being a symbol to them. At once, he had provided something to rally round and fight for, so his very shape and form spurred the Maps team onto new feats of programming. There were other things, too, that he was keeping to himself for now, his visits to the borders to welcome newcomers into Belgium, and the care packages he funded by selling off his stores of treasure from the bad colonial days. "'Any questions?' he said into the hush. Lev Two-Tails raised a silver paw. "'We all know that something that looks cool today can be hideously out of place in a few decades,' he said. "'How do you know this won't be one of them?' "'Are you referring to my brief career as a rap star?' Leo asked, before anyone else could. Actually, I was thinking of communism, said the younger lion, but the point still stands. My point, Leo replied, is that it doesn't matter if something we try turns out to be silly, as long as we keep trying. Isn't that just delaying the inevitable? All this effort just to keep up appearances. If they don't need us anymore and we can't help them, maybe we should just fade away. Leo, startled, looked properly at Leoness noticed how old and tired she looked. As his gaze wandered across the assembled lions with their fur of argent and gules and or, he realised that he wasn't the only one who felt left behind as the decades moved on. Even Lev had seen his territory chopped and changed over a relatively short lifespan. Many of them, like him, had watched the blue flag with its gold stars creep into their territory and wondered what it heralded. We've all been afraid of change, Leo told them. Our countries change and our people change and we worry they'll reject us. They make new alliances and unions and we get scared that they won't need us anymore. They form bigger and bigger societies and we're afraid they'll lose their identity and us. He spread his paws, widening the gaps between neighbouring hamlets. But look at us. Look at Lion. I can get hold of any of you for a chat whenever I want. Lev can show me what's going on in his country just using his phone. And in a few years, all this will sound just as quaint as Telex. Telex the thing or Telex the Synthpop band? Lev, Leoness warned, and the Czech lion subsided, swishing his two tails. Leo plunged onward. When our people disperse to other countries, they need things that remind them of home. Food, comic books, flags, the very things that the new ones who come in adopt to help them learn and fit in. When online friends say, Hey, what's it like living in Belgium or Czechia or wherever? We're part of that. We're Lions International, remember? He was freestyling now, going off the map. It was a heady feeling. Leo tossed his head back and shook out his mane. There might not be flags where we're going, he said. There might not be borders or nations, but there will be Lions and there will definitely be Stroopwafels. He left the stage to furious applause. Even though some of it might have been at the prospect of biscuits, he was confident that some of it was for his speech. He hoped he was right about the future, but it wasn't his place to try and influence it. He just brought the past to the table for his people to remember the good bits and acknowledge the bad bits. He had rallied the lions and would rally his nation too. He'd like to see a pissing statue arouse such passion in its audience. The other delegates stood, beginning to mingle and head for the refreshments. The low purr of their chatter had a cheerful, excited tone. As Leo made his way past Leoness, she put a paw on his shoulder and touched her warm, pink nose against his inky one. "'Excellent speech, L.B.' she growled into his ear, her beard tickling the sensitive hairs there. He rustled at her touch and for the second time that morning he looked at the old British lion as if he had never seen her before. Somewhere inside Leo Belgicus a border crumbled. This was The Lion of the Low Countries by Husky Tear read for you by Kaki your faithful fireside companion. For more stories you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or on the web at thevoice.dog. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.